Hello everyone, I'm Chelsea, and this is You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. On this week's episode, I am flying solo because Katie is off on a very fancy business trip far, far away, and obviously she definitely deserves a break because she is working hard, and with time zones and all, it's just made sense for me to kind of do this one on my own. Um, I debated a lot about what to do this week because there's so much coming out, Um, but I thought it was only fitting that today when we release our episode, uh, we typically release it on Tuesday, uh, which today is October 11th, and two of my favorite, favorite groups are having a comeback on the same day. So I figured it was only fitting that this week we cover Mamamoo and Dreamcatcher's comeback. So today I'm going to be doing a little bit of a review of both of their EPs, uh, Mamamoo's Mike On and Dreamcatcher's Apocalypse Follow Us. So I will have timestamps of when each of those reviews start. If you say just like one group instead of both, you can jump to that timestamp if you don't want to sit here and try to skip 30 seconds until you find it. <laughs> um, it's totally fine. I'll have those in the show notes. Uh, so be sure to look for that. Uh, because I'm solo, it's a little awkward to talk at length of like what I've been watching this week or K-pop stuff I've been doing. Um, but you know what? It's real quick. Uh, I've been listening to 28 Reasons by Solgi a lot. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you have as well. Um, that whole, uh, album of Solgi's has been fantastic. We had Stray Kids have a comeback this week. We've had a lot of comebacks, to be honest. Um, it's only the beginning, but I'm sure you'll hear a lot more detail about that, uh, at the end of the month when we do our monthly comebacks episode. But I just wanted to, you know, talk a little bit about that. That's mainly what I've been keeping up with this week is the, Sulgi promotional stuff, and then some of the Stray Kids performances as well. Um, but now, now, today, we have Mama Moon Dreamcatcher to add. So now I'm just going to be probably watching promotions for both of those all week long. It's going to be very busy. <laughs> I'm going to have to keep up with it uh, big time. But I'm very excited because I love both of these groups dearly. Um, I would say... Mamamoo, I've probably listened to the longest in terms of girl groups. So obviously that's very special there, as well as the fact that they haven't had an OT for comeback in a very long time. So I'm very excited. But Dreamcatcher is definitely a new love in that, like, this year I've really dived deep into getting to know them, watching their side content, watching, you know, like their vlogs and whatnot, and deep diving onto their discography. We did an episode covering them. So for sure, for sure, these two groups are like heavy on my mind. And I'm more than happy to do this episode. I did a little quick poll on our Instagram. So if you are listening to this still on Tuesday or like Wednesday morning, be sure to head over there and check that out and put your vote of how you like these two comebacks. Um, so far, we have some positive reaction to Mamamoo. And then I think that we there was like a little bit of a mixed uh, opinion on Dreamcatcher. But it's still early. I've only just posted those polls quite recently. So I'm sure things could change. Um, but if you head over there to at loving K-pop pod, either on our Instagram or Twitter, it's the same handle. And you want to tell me your thoughts on these albums. I would love to hear from them. I'm always happy to reply to DMS on thoughts on K-pop. So feel free to head over there and chat with me, but let's get into our main topic. So first I'm going to start with Mamamoo and I'm not going to lie. I was so nervous because one, like, I feel like it's always like that when you're, when you're going to listen to one of your favorite groups, you're just kind of like, oh God, am I going to hate this? Am I going to love it? I'm like, there's the pressure, right? (laughs) There's that pressure. And from the teasers, uh, I tried to stay away from spoilers as much as I could for Mamamoo, but it was really hard. 
they were all over my Twitter timeline. They were, they were everywhere. They were on Knowing Bros. And on there, they did a little bit of a spoiler, like a teaser of the choreo. So the choreo was everywhere and a clip of the song as well. And I really didn't want to hear the song until I watched the music video, but it was really hard to escape. So I got a teensy bit of an inkling of what the song would sound like. Um, and it sounded great. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like it sounded, it sounded absolutely like what Mamamoo would sound like. And that's kind of how I felt watching the video. I was like, wow, this sound is so familiar, but I think it's because it just suits Mamamoo so well. Um, it wasn't anything like insanely drastic to what they normally do. Like, cause sometimes Mamamoo isn't afraid to like totally switch genres and totally go for something you don't expect from them. Um, I mean, we watched, we watched them go from like hip, um, to, you know, Dinga to Aya. Like, I mean, Dinga and Aya are like night and day, right? They're still both really good songs, but they're like night and day. And then you go from that to, um, where are we now? Which is like a strict ballad. And that just like, whoo, threw me for a loop. So I really had no idea like what, they were going to go for here. But to me, I think it was actually really nice that they went for something that very much sounded like them. Because I think the goal for Mamamoo with this comeback, from what I've heard, and like the rumblings going on around Twitter and such, it seems like they're going to take this comeback and this opportunity and do what they wanted to do pre-COVID. So when Hip came out, Hip was obviously very popular. It was something a little different for them. It was more dance heavy, more mainstream sounding. And I think they really wanted to lean into the international market and start expanding, you know, over to the U.S., right? They had they had plans to go to Coachella. They had plans to do overseas promotions. I'm assuming they had plans to do like a mini U.S. tour or semi world tour. Um, but that obviously all got canceled with COVID and we didn't even know that we were going to get any of this until much later when the documentary came out. So from what I've heard, uh, this comeback seems to be like their, their second chance at that. So they haven't announced any dates yet or anything. Of course I say that and they're going to announce it as soon as I post this episode, but, um, as of this point, they haven't announced any sort of like dates of if they're going to go perform overseas, which I would, you know, literally kill to go for. <laughs> um, but it seems like that might be the plan. Like maybe, maybe they aren't going to do exactly what they were going to do pre-COVID, especially given that Wien's no longer at the company anymore. Um, it might be a little bit harder to do that, but clearly like they have a limited time in terms of OT4, right? So probably they're like, okay, this is our opportunity. This is our shot. Let's try again. Um, I hope that happens. I really do. Uh, so this track to me feels very in line with hip in terms of like the style and sound, um, but still fresh. Like it's still fresh. I really, really like it a lot. I also really love that Moonbeal is doing singing and rapping because we've seen a lot we've seen a lot over time but we see a, we've been seeing a lot recently on Second World the show that she's been on that she desperately wanted to be a singer and she really didn't want to be a rapper at all um but obviously it's grown on her it's it's completely like in a way I feel like if she didn't become a rapper. I don't know if she would quite be where she is now. So I think in a way it's made her an even better all-rounder artist, but she really truly wanted to be a singer and she is a very good singer as we've been seeing on Second World. So I think for her to, on a Mama Moo title track, take the opportunity to also do some singing is so great. I think it's probably is like a dream come true for her to really get some singing lines because as much as I absolutely adore Mama Moo's, um, well, Moonbeal's raps, 
she gets very limited time, right? Because of that, because the rap is typically a quick segment. Um, she may get four lines in an entire song and that's, that's her. Like she'll maybe do some harmonies on certain parts, but it's a very limited time that she gets. That's not to say that, you know, Moonbill doesn't get her time to shine in Mama Moo. She definitely does. But I just think this adds a little something new because I wasn't expecting it when she started singing and I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> um, it added a bit of a different flavor to the sound as well because we're so used to like the specific sound of Mama Moo, right? And Moonbill's singing voice is very different to her rapping style. So I liked that it added a bit of variety to the song. That being said, I felt like the lines that Wien would have typically gotten, Moonbill got. So in a way, I kind of feel like Wien got a little bit less because of that. But maybe I'm crazy. You know, I don't know. Everyone looked great. Can I just say that? Everyone looked fantastic. The chorus is really catchy. Um... Moonbill whispering don't go. I mean, it's obviously not literally don't go, but it's translated to don't go. I screamed. Um, I screamed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Il Ella, Il Ella is the title track, right? And I have the hardest time saying it if I think about it too much. But the lyric of that and like the, you know, one, two, three, like everything about it is really, really catchy. And I enjoy that a lot. Um, so this is a really great song. They even have a dance break, which, you know, fantastic. Can't wait to see what they do with that more, you know, because the great thing with dance breaks is like, you can really stretch that with, in terms of live performances and we're coming into awards season, right? Which means end of the year performances. I'm not saying we may get a ton of them, but you know, in terms of concerts, in terms of live performances, dance breaks always add a little bit of like something where they can get real creative. So I'm very much enjoying that. And I watched the live performance of this, right? Because they had a showcase on uh, Tonton. Tonton like has a little like showcase thing. Um, actually, Mamamoo and Dreamcatcher both did their showcase there. And since Mamamoo's EP only has three songs. They performed all three, uh, which was really cool. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that they only had three songs. <laughs> to me, that's like not really an EP. It's like basically a single, like a single plus. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, I get it. I don't know. Maybe that's just what they had the time for. I don't know. So... But the live performance of this song was very, very good. The live uh, vocal harmonies really stood out with the live performance. I feel like I need to listen to the title track with like headphones to hear it properly. But in the live performances, I mean, you could see like they were they were like harmonizing while twerking. And if that's not the most Mamamoo thing you've ever heard, <laughs> I mean, really, right? So some visual standouts. I would say the casual outfits and the black outfits are my favorite. Oh my gosh. Like they did the, they did the casual outfits for the live performance and it kind of looks funny to see them dress so down for a comeback, like for their, for their like uh comeback stage, right? They're kind of dressing very casual, but girl, it looks good. Like, <laughs> They look so good. Um, like Wien in her like tan windbreaker, but it's kind of like slouchy. So you see like a, like a, I don't know, like a spaghetti strap type thing underneath and Moonbill with her like sweats hanging low and solar with like the crop jacket and the short, I mean, Hwasa with the tan. Oh my gosh. Everything about it. They look so good. Um, now the lyrics, the lyrics, right? They're sexy without being specific, but somehow it makes it even sexier. Like 
They're being very vague, right? They're not explicitly saying sexy things, but they're being very like, they're, they're toying with us, right? They're like, hey, it's just me and you. Let's, you know, enjoy the night together. We're in this alleyway, the tension's building. And you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> now, I remember when this was being teased, right? Everyone was talking about like, did Mama Moo really make a song about hooking up in an alleyway? And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you were to take their very vague lyrics and kind of take your own interpretation of it, it feels like, you know, they're on a night out, they're building tension with someone, you know, the chemistry is hot, they're in an alleyway, maybe thinking about going somewhere else. And I think there was like a line where it was like, I want to see, it was something like, I want to see how we work. Like, uh, basically, I want to try you out before we do the real thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, so it's very teasing. It's a very teasing song. And I expect nothing less from them. It gives me the vibe in terms of like the theme of the song. Um, Declamani, right? I mean, that that whole song was all about the tension building, right? And the the feeling you get you know, I don't know, before a kiss and like the, I don't know, the chemistry of it all. And to me, it gives that vibe lyrically. But this, but like they're dancing very like, <laughs> like to me, the visual don't, doesn't exactly match with the lyrics, but I'm fine with that because if the lyrics or the, sorry, the visuals did match in the way that Declamani did, um, I, it would be overwhelming. It would be overwhelming. So I think the video is very hip number, like hip 2.0, uh, but the lyrics are very duckle money, like 2.0. So, you know, just killing us all with that. So let's move on to some of the B-sides, right? We have two B-sides. We have one, two, three, A, oi. <laughs> Basically, it's translated to one, two, three, hey, right? But it's E-O-I. So I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce that perfectly, but I watched the live performance of this on accident. Actually, I didn't realize they had live performances of the B-sides until I was, I was just adding things into my watch later, like at two in the morning, like, cause I woke up in the middle of the night and I have to watch YouTube to sleep. And of course, what comes on to my YouTube recommended is Mamamoo. And I was like, oh crap, I need to watch this when I wake up started adding things to my save to watch later. And I thought I added the live performance of Irela, but I didn't. It was one, two, three. So uh, it's fine. So I went to watch it and I was like, oh, this is different. I put the different song in here, but it was great. Uh, it was so good. I really liked it a lot. And it it's just very Mamamoo. I mean, obviously they're they're talking a lot about themselves in the song, right? So it kind of feels like a reintroduction. Kind of like, okay, we expect to have a lot more fans this time around, or maybe like they feel like they've gained a lot of fans in the last few years. So they're like, let's kind of reintroduce ourselves. Some of the lyrics talk about Mamamoo, but they also kind of just give you like a playful vibe as well. But there was one lyric that had me dead because it literally says, leave your worries in your wallet, mischief, do it, steal, give them worries and stack them up. My bank account is overflowing with zero one. <laughs> and I feel called out on that because we're all poor standing so many K-pop groups. Am I right? But then there's like cute lyrics like strawberries are delicious, cats are cute, wacky mama moo, woo hoo hoo. <laughs> I'm in love with you, you too, you too, hey, me too. Adorable. I love it. It's just so playful. I feel like mama moo always has like one song that's just very silly and playful and they have so much fun performing it on stage. Um... And that kind of goes with their other B-side, which is called L-I-E-C, 
which I had to do some digging and that stands for like I even care. (laughs) But this was very fun and it was very much a let's go out and have fun. Don't even think too hard about it. I'll pay. Just do it. Like just let's just go have fun. And I love how much they have fun with this on stage. You know, they're like running around and like, you know, looking at the moo-moos, like playing with them. And um, I think I heard that this was Hwasa's favorite B-side as well. And she kind of hoped that it would almost be the title track. And it very, it's very giving like Dinga vibes, right? Because Dinga is all about like, hey, like, let's go out. I'm sick of being cooped up inside. You know, obviously this came out during COVID, so it felt very like reminiscent of that time. Like it was, it came out during COVID, but it kind of came out during the, like just after the peak of COVID. So it was kind of like, okay, we've been cooped up too long. Let's go out, just get some ice cream. And that's kind of how this song feels, but like separate of COVID in a way it's like, Hey, like let's go out. Let's have fun. I'll pay. Like I even care, (laughs) you know, maybe the, the person they're trying to invite out is like, is like, I I don't know if I want to, like, I even care. We're going, we're going out. (laughs) Like, okay. Okay. I get it. Thank you. I will. I will go out with you. Um, but yeah, it's a very fun song. So this whole EP overall, Definitely could have been longer, but at the same time, for the three songs that we got, it was a lot of fun. I look forward to seeing more performances of this. I look forward to seeing them in more of the outfits, specifically the black ones. Moonbill in the hat. Wien in her hat. Um, Solar and Wasa just killing me on sight. I mean, good grief. We're going to have some fun with these promotions. I can already tell. (laughs) Um, but I hope that they perform, you know, uh, some of the B sides too, because sometimes they like to promote with two songs, you know, and who knows if they'll pick only one B side or if they'll kind of play with both on different shows, who knows, but I look forward to this a lot. Um, I'm excited to get the albums. They the this time around Mamamoo came out with like three versions, but they're not like three versions in the typical way that K-pop albums are done. So one is like your standard box that matches up with all of the rest of their box albums, right? Which is fantastic because the fact that they strayed away from the size of the albums for the best of or the Mamamoo the best album just like makes me mad because the Mamamoo albums look perfect, perfectly in line (laughs) on my shelf. And now the big one just looks different, but it's fine. Um, Then they have more of like a platform version, which I think is called the Nemo version. I forget the names. And then there's a third one, which I don't even know what it's going to look like, to be honest. I, I just know that I got all three. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) but we're getting like a crap ton of photo cards, especially with, I think the platform version, I think the platform version or the third version, the one that I can't think of the name of, I think we're getting like, like 13 photo cards in just one thing. So like collecting is going to be a nightmare. Let me just say that. Uh, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, But what did you guys think? Did you guys like this album? Was it what you expected? Was it more than what you expected? Um, Are you excited for all the promotions? Yeah, let me know. Okay, moving on. We shall move on to Dreamcatcher. So Dreamcatcher had a little bit of a longer EP. They had six songs, which I think to me, six songs feels more like the length of an EP. But I know that it varies with K-pop. It just really depends, right? Uh, An EP can be, or sorry, six songs can be considered a full album for some people. Not saying who, but you all know. (laughs) But speaking of Dreamcatcher, so I watched this second um, 
and I really liked it as well. Very much so. So this is still within the Apocalypse series, right? Apocalypse Follow Us. And it to me, it's giving like a fight for the future, right? And if Maison was the plea to fight, Vision kind of is the fight. Or like, is the fight, but it's also like, keep going, don't give up, you know, keep fighting kind of a, a song chorus when the chorus hits oh my god it because like f you know the thing with dreamcatcher right especially with their title tracks sometimes even if they start off very very slow you know it's gonna hit hard right you're like waiting for that guitar to come in or you're waiting for like the drums to hit or something right you're waiting for that like rock element to like hit you in the face and this does. So <laughs> we're, we're like led into the song and then the chorus hits and you're just like, yes, here we go. And then you just start headbanging like for a good majority of the song. Um, Dami's rap hits you as hard, like as always. I mean, how, you know, she does it every time. I don't, we all expect it, but we also never seem to like be able to cope when it happens. <laughs> She comes in, absolutely slays us all. The vocal slides on the word vision was so unexpected the first time, but it sounds so good and it truly stands out in such a good way. Like I didn't expect, you know, I expected obviously them to say vision, but when they said it, I wasn't expecting for the vocal like slide up that they do. Um, and it sounds beautiful. I thought, oh, maybe they'll only do this like for one part, but the fact that they kind of do it for every part, but still make, they still make it sound like you're hearing it for the first time, especially like by the time you get to the end, you've heard it a couple of times, but the very last vision when they do the pose with the V up, oof, it sounds really good. Sounds really, really good. The headbanging instrumentals. Like, I was just sitting there, like, nodding my head away, like, oh. And there's this part where, like, Dami has, like, a little bit of a whisper. I think she's saying, like, we'll keep your vision, or I, I forget what the line is, but she's, like, whispering it. You can't hear it nearly as well on the song itself, but when you hear the performance, she's obviously saying it live. And the way that the choreo is, she's, like, standing in the middle as the members kind of cross in front and behind her and form these lines. And I don't know, to me, that was like a huge standout moment for the performance. Um, Shion's vocals, when they like launch the broadcast, right? And you see the broadcast visually blasting out around the world. Ooh, Shion, Shion always with the vocals to absolutely slay us. So some standout visuals for me, because to me, like I was eating up the visuals for this music video. First of all, Sua in a crown. Perfect. Just absolutely look perfect. I'm assuming it ties back to Maison because she like confronts, she confronts that like devil thing, right? So like maybe, I don't know. I'm not really good at breaking things down. I'm good at watching other people break things down and then kind of retaining that. But to me, it, I was like, I was thinking the crown tied back to Maison a bit. I don't know. Let me know if you think the same. Uh, the military outfits, obviously, they're they're in a fight. They're, they're right. They're like in essentially a war type environment or like a battle. So having military outfits makes sense. The red ones are stunning, but I will say in their live performance, they were all wearing these black versions and oof, the black ones just hit on a different level, especially Handon. Handon with her long cape. She was the only one to get like a really long cape-like one. Wow. Uh, there's this specific clip of Gio, Giu turning with like pink and purple lightning around her and she's like in this slow-mo turn 
literally one of the most stunning parts of this video. Like I, I want to like clip that part out and frame it. It looks so beautiful. Uh, Xion in the chorus with the black shirt and it like kind of shows her tattoo with the choreo. Wow. <laughs> Girls looking good. I hope they do a live performance with those outfits because I mean, I know she can't show her tattoos on the live performances, but you know, sometimes Dreamcatcher likes to do their own performance videos. So, hmm, maybe we'll get something with that. I don't know. Handon's everything. I, I literally wrote Handon's everything because girl wrecked me in this, this video. Oh my God. She's been kind of wrecking me in general lately. Like I kind of keep switching biases and I really don't know for sure <laughs> if I'm going to ever land on a specific bias because I feel like, again, I change biases all the time. But right now, Handon's like taking my attention and this music video did not help. So I'm living for her like black short haircut with the blonde underneath and she has like the little cute buns at one point. Oh my God. Just everything about her. Okay. <laughs> um, Dami's half dress half black outfit when she's doing her rap in that like control room center room thing before she like punches out that screen it's really cool because in a way like i just love how like contrasting it is right because like the white dress is very like soft flowy obviously white and then the black part of her outfit is very like structural short a little bit sexier and has like these metal accents and whatnot. Whereas like, again, paired up with the white flowy dress, maybe in a way the white flowy dress is still tying into the white dresses that they wore in Maison, right? When they were kind of standing in that like utopia type, you know, Greek goddess type place, right? Uh, maybe it's a little bit of a tie from that where the mindset from then to now is changing and the world is changing. So like it's that in between. I could be overthinking that. <laughs> it could have just looked cool, but uh, I, th I thought it looked great. Guyon was like serving the facials in this, like every line she had, she was serving looks, right? That's kind of her thing. And she does it so well every time. Yuhyun had that like blue lightning moment and that looked so cool. So, so cool. It totally matches with her hair. She's got this like blue and blonde like undertones in her hair. It's like obviously the blonde is highlights, but they're like under the dark layer of her hair plus the blue. It looks so good. It looks so, so good. So moving on to the actual EP, um, I listened to the whole EP once through, and then I went back to the performances of, they did live performance of Fairy Tale and Rainy Day, which was great. I don't know if they did a live performance of Some Love, um, but I didn't see it. So if I missed that, I do apologize. But I listened to the intro and the, obviously the intro is like a classic intro, kind of warming you up to get a feel for like the title track and, you know, the sound of maybe the album overall. Um, to me, it sounded really like a movie score and I liked it a lot. Normally like intros, it like they kind of just, okay, like I don't really stream the intro if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, but this sounded really nice. Like it sounded really cool and it wasn't too long where you were like, okay, can we just get to the title track now? Because that's sometimes how I feel about intros. I'm kind of like, I'm like, okay, I'd rather kind of just be listening to the song now. <laughs> um, but the intro is cool. The intro is cool. Um, obviously, I already talked about Vision. So you know my thoughts on that. Uh, Fairy Tale was the next song. And the intro sounds so familiar. Like, instantly I thought of like three different artists. I was like, wait, does this sound like another song? But then the beat comes in and it's like, boom. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, oh, we're not, okay. <laughs> They're like, 
you thought you thought we sounded familiar uh the chorus is so big everything about this song is so like just big sounding and it almost easily could have been a title track but i do get why it's a b-side um it while it sounds very big it doesn't sound like a dream catcher title track so again i get why they didn't make this the title track but like for any other group this could have very easily been a title track but i seriously love this song it, it it's like a perfect song to hear on tour so when they do a tour again if they don't play this i'm gonna be furious <laughs> And I desperately hope I can see them live because this might be my favorite Dreamcatcher song. Bold statement, I know, but this is like my, absolutely my style of song. It's very big. It's very like almost borderline theatrical in a way. And I live for songs that sound like that. Obviously it's not super theatrical i'm just saying it sounds more theatrical in the sense that it just sounds sounds like something you would you need to listen to in a big room right or like listen to playing in a big space it just sounds so good um i wanted to highlight some lyrics that i thought were really great wonderful wonderful sunrise beautiful beautiful moonlight waves are sparkling full of light Hold on to me as we go fly. Hold on to me tightly and climb higher. And now we're heading for a surprise. To me, like, obviously this song was probably written with a very different meaning in mind. But to me, like, probably why they chose this song and why they picked this song to go in this place kindest to me sounds like, okay, right? In Vision, they're talking about, like, I will show you a vision. I will show you the reason why we need to keep fighting. I will show you the world that we should have and that we're fighting for, right? This beautiful earth that we're fighting for. The, like the, It may look like destruction now, but I will show you the vision of what we could be or what it could be if you don't fight for it, right? To me, fairy tale kind of can be like a kind of like an Aladdin and Jasmine on a carpet ride, like basically like I will show you the world. Like I will show you the beautiful fairy tale world that can exist if we fight for this world. You know, the utopia, the 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 beauty of the world that we're fighting for, right? So this song could kind of be interpreted that way, I think. Obviously I think like the lyrics were actually written for, you know, like what like a relationship could be but I think for why maybe Dreamcatcher chose to pick this song and put it in this particular album with this theme to me kind of makes sense it's like like taking someone on a walk or a journey or like you know on a vision of this is what the world could be like you know wonderful sunrise beautiful moonlight waves are sparkling full of light like to me it's like this is what our world can be. I really liked that a lot. Next song is Some Love. I put, whoa, total switch. Uh, <laughs> to me, it just sounded like completely different. No longer, like it was a lot harder in the beginning. Whereas like fairy tale was obviously very like flowy and pretty. Um, this had a lot like more grit to it, especially at the beginning. But then the chorus vocal harmonies almost give it like an R&B sound, but because the instrumentals that it's mixed with, it's like not R&B, if that makes sense. Like vocally it's R&B, but like instrumentally it's totally not. Giving it its own sound. To me, it sounds very unique and very fresh. I like it a lot. Some lyrics I took out because I, to me, I was, I thought the lyrics were beautiful we all need some love. I'm placing a spell on you now. With the brightest colors in the world, fill it up, color you, love yourself to the sound of the horn that'll wake this up, this silence. Let's open the door and get out. We all need some love. 
The color of the sky is sky blue. My color is rainbow. Draw myself the way I think of myself. Raise your voice. Let's get up. Again, very, a very hopeful, like, a very hopeful song, but like on its own, just a very beautiful song and very much like a love yourself, love who you love and show your true colors and just be who you are. Like it, to me, it just sounds like a very inspirational song and very fitting, I think with, again, this vision. So like, obviously the whole point of making an album like this is to tie a message all together. So again, to me, this song, while like the visual of the music video is very much in destruction, they're very much trying to give you hope for what's to come. Now, whether or not Dreamcatcher will continue that in the third, if they do a trilogy in the third part of the trilogy or next part of the series, I don't know, right? Because with a dystopian series, they did not find their utopia that they hoped to find in the end, right? So... As much as we are fighting for our earth and we're fighting for hope and everything with this album and the Save Us album, will the theme continue for the next one? Will we find that hope or will it? I don't know. I mean, I hope it would have a hopeful message. Now moving on to Rainy Day. First of all, Rainy Day, the sounds of the rain in the beginning was just beautiful Then we're introduced with breathtaking vocals. It's really just like the perfect song for this season. You know, we're getting into fall now. Um, For some of y'all, you've been in fall for a while. I'm just in an area where fall doesn't start till like mid-October, early November. (laughs) But it's the perfect, you know, rainy, rainy day song, obviously. Uh, But it's just really beautiful. And when they perform this live as well... They were wearing, oh no, they were wearing the white outfits for fairy tale. Never mind. But the vocals were just really, really pretty. And the fact that they could sing this live, like you could tell it, it takes a lot of control to sing the song, especially, um, Xion has these parts where she's just, she's just singing like, whoa, whoa, but like, It's like has a lot of control and it's very high and she sang it perfectly live. So some beautiful lyrics I wanted to point out were when this rain stops, I hope I can erase you too. When I hear the sound of rain, my love, I think of you more. We walk together on this road. The memories I forgot are coming back to me, but I remember it's a memory and that time is gone. So... Again, probably this song was written with the attention of a relationship, right? And kind of moving on from a relationship and the rain reminds you of them and you're kind of still like processing that heartbreak. But in this album with the context of this uh, theme, I think this song in a way can, especially given that it's at the very end of this album, it's kind of a at the point where maybe things you're getting past a certain point where the the hard times that you went through and the fight that you fought was like almost a distant memory now and now you're at a point where even if you do remember the hard times you know that it's a memory and that it eventually will go away and that that time has passed so I think there's like there's a line in the song too. I didn't write it down, but it was it was basically like even if I don't have an umbrella, I'll be okay. And I think that's a really beautiful line for multiple reasons, but like it's it's kind of like even if I'm not prepared, I'll I know I'll still be okay. Like even though if it's you know, the pain kind of sneaks back up or something bad comes across, like I'll be I know I'll be okay. And I don't know, that's really, really pretty. And that's really, really nice. And 
the lyrics are just beautifully written, but even more so beautifully sung. So that was just such a gorgeous song to finish the album out with. Obviously we have our outro, but, um, this was a good like final song. And I think it offers a bit of color to, you know, we got our title track, which has a very rock dreamcatchery sound. We have our more theatrical, more grand fairy tale song. We have our very, I don't know uh, genres very well, <laughs> but some love. It was very like this mix of R&B and like hard hip hop, not hip hop, but like ah. Someone tell me, uh, what is the, the genre of some love? But um, very upbeat, obviously, sound. And then we have a very calm, beautiful ballad of Rainy Day. And it's definitely a song that I would personally listen to, especially like if I was just trying to like calm calm the thoughts in my mind or like read a book or enjoy the weather, you know, like sitting at a coffee shop, like to me that rainy day is like that perfect song for that vibe. And I could make like a whole playlist that goes with songs like that. Like, it's just so, it was such a pretty, pretty song. So this EP has a lot to offer, I think. And then last we have our outro, outro mother nature. And this was really pretty and just kind of felt like a very moving, inspirational, commercial kind of sound. Um, but then it kind of switches at the very end to like a mission sounding song. So I don't know. Does that imply that while we need to be hopeful, we still need to also be ready to fight? I don't know. I think that's kind of maybe the overall theme of this album anyway. But overall... I thought this was a great EP. I haven't dived into like the full albums of Dreamcatcher with the exception of the last two. So I would say it's very good comparatively to the like last two that I've listened to. It makes me want to go back and listen to more B-sides of Dreamcatcher, obviously. I've been meaning to do so for a while, but it, you know, I... I have a hard time listening to <laughs> to the music that comes out as it is. So sometimes listening to full albums of, you know, older albums, I just don't always have the time for. But this kind of made me want to deep dive into some of their um, more more of their discography. Uh, but in terms of this EP, I thought it was a great message. I thought the overall theme felt like it was really there. All the songs were really pretty. There wasn't one song I like disliked or one song that I was like, nah, that wasn't really one I'll listen to. Obviously, with the exceptions of the intros and outros. Again, intros and outros, they're there for the vibe, but I'm not exactly going to be streaming them, if you know what I mean. So I hope you all liked it as well. Um, I know one person, at least on our Instagram, put like their thoughts were too complicated for a poll. So I'm very curious if you're listening, um, what were those thoughts? Tell me, uh, I, you don't have to obviously, uh, publish it publicly if you don't want to, but I'm always curious what people think. Cause you know, sometimes there's stuff that I like really love and other people are like, nah, that wasn't it. And vice versa where people are loving it. And I'm like, I don't know what people are listening to, but that's not my thing. But I like to hear the good and the bad because I think that's how you should, I don't know, you should be willing to hear the good and the bad of things because, I don't know, everyone has different thoughts, you know? Um, but for the most part, I'm really glad that I loved both of these EPs. I love both of these artists so, so much. And I was glad to not have like one be like really good and one be really bad or just both be bad that would be a downer um, <laughs> but no uh they're both really great I'm so happy I hope you all liked it too um if you want me to cover anything else next week and you have some ideas let me know um if it's long past that week don't worry about it <laughs> uh but for now 
Uh, I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode of You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop. The show notes for this episode and every episode can be found on our website, anchor.fm slash podcast. Feel free to reach out to us via Twitter or Instagram by using the handle at lovingkpoppod. If you want to chat with us in real time, you can join our Slack workspace or our Discord server that we share with our network. Invite links for those will be included in our show notes. You can also email us at lovingkpoppod at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and basically every other podcast app. And be sure to stay tuned to the end of the episode for a promo from all the shows on the geek to geek Media Network. And don't forget to visit geek to geekmediacom to find out more info on all of our network's podcasts, streamers, and bloggers. And until next time, bye! When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Beep, 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 beep. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu.